Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Well, good morning, Mary. We are off to a very giggly start. We are. Because I had to moisturize my lips. Yep. I had, I had to wake up my brain. Hydrate with some water. We had to wake up Mary's brain. Yeah. Which her brain is like the speed of sound and light <laughs> together. But when it slows down, it really slows down. In fact, she just drops off the last half of every sentence. So anyway. But so, somehow you get to, you understand what I'm saying. I've hung out with you long enough that yeah, you can get read the my gist mind of where you're going. Yeah. Well, and as does your son Cam. That's right. Because there was some technical blah blah blah. Well, we have, I don't know, we have 17 billion cords around us for our various Mac devices. Yeah. And we were panicking because the one adapter thingy wasn't, wasn't working. Wasn't, yeah. So, there Apple, you go. can you streamline everything for exactly. us, please? Just give me one big, massive plug for us. That's everything. right. With all these little pluggy things around You know it. what? Someone's going to message us and say there actually is probably one thingy. At Best Buy on aisle number I seven. I know. Right. For right. $59.95. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's actually a very good introduction because the to- the title for this episode is The Wake Up Call. Oh. <laughs> so it's not actually so much about waking up like as in waking up from well, a deep sleep. We kind of figured it wasn't like that. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you know, you know, you, okay. Part of my, where my brain goes, it's just like, as soon as I read something, I'm like, oh, we have to do a podcast on this. So True. I was reading a sermon by Barbara Brown Taylor and I love her. She's amazing. And it hit me between the solar plexus. Okay. So I just looked up where the solar plexus <laughs> is just so, because we do say that we love the interconnection of a science, faith and life. Just going to tell you. Ah. Um, so it's the it's a complex system of radiating nerves and ganglia. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's found in the pit of the stomach, in front of the aorta. It's part of the sympathetic nervous system, and it plays an important role in the functioning of stomach, kidneys, liver, and adrenal glands. So it's a really, really important part it's of the body. Super important. It's like it's the gut, right? Yeah. It's a complex. Well, there system you go. Of radiating nerves and ganglia. So I've just been hit in the system of radiating nerves and ganglia. Yeah, my ganglia is, is bruised and hurting now. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so Barbara was talking about um, the parable of the fig tree in Luke 13 in the Bible. Okay. And she's talking about, you know, the passage where Jesus is talking about this tree that is not producing fruit. And the owner of the vineyard wanted to cut it down. But the gardener, who's Jesus, basically pled with the owner to give him one more year to fertilize and cultivate it to see if it would bear fruit, which is a beautiful picture again of his grace and how he doesn't give up on us. But even in his mercy, we have a choice. Like, are we going to open ourselves up to to, to like our best fruit bearing abilities? Because he's not going to force it on us. You know, and I love... I love that, you know, at the beginning of kind of a newish year, yeah, we're talking about this because so often we want the 10-day. Yeah. And Jesus or the is going, 10 list. Check, yeah, check. the to do, yeah. the five things, the yeah. 10 things, the 10 minutes, the 10 days. But Jesus is going, it's going to take a year. Yeah. Hang in there. A year is quite a significant amount of time. A lot can happen in a year. A lot. A lot can happen. Mm-hmm. And a lot can grow in a year mm-hmm. with cultivation and care and fertilization. Well, actually, it's making me think I have an orchid that I'm trying to, this is my first time trying to 
keeping our kid alive because, <laughs> you know, I kill things, anything alive. Uh, so I am following instructions that I have found on inter- the Internet. On the Google. On the Google. <laughs> I've consulted with the Google. And uh, I am now starting to see some blooms coming out. Oh. Because, you know, you buy it. Wait, and our friend Wendy? Yeah. Is going to be so impressed. I know. Well, so again, that took me several months of taking care of it. Uh, and now I'm just starting to see little buds. Oh. Isn't that cool? Anyway, we digress. But so back to what Barbara Brown Taylor was saying in her sermon, she said that she herself often focuses on the leaves and the branches of the tree and puts off the fruit bearing. So she says, the leaves and branches are not inconsequential. They include keeping my house in good order, paying bills on time, meeting all kinds of deadlines, sending cards to sick friends, staying on top of emails, working out twice a week and remembering to vote. The problem is that none of those things is what I was put on earth to do. The fruit part. And I need time to think about that. Time to make the kind of changes that will allow it to flourish. So the fruit part keeps getting moved from now to eventually. Wow. How often do we put off the fruit because of the daily grind of life? Oh, well, if you're asking me, I mean, I would say 90% of the time. Yeah. Our day is filled with the daily grind of life. Yeah. So no wonder we're not always producing fruit. Or if we're producing it, we're squeezed out in this little beep as opposed to the full flower beauty of what it's supposed to be. Could you say that again? We are squeezing out this little (laughs) beep. Little tiny bud. Little tiny bud. Instead of some honking grapefruit. Exactly. So that's what she's saying. And then she goes on to say, this is this is a part that kills me. God is dying for you to want more than that. God never stops offering you a way of life that runs at a right angle from the one from the one you are living. And if you don't turn in that dis- direction pretty soon, you're going to be a ghost whether a building falls on you or not. God won't have a thing to, to sorry, God won't have to do a thing to you. You'll do it to yourself oh. by persisting, here you go, in your barren, accidental lives. Oh, that is a solar plexus moment is right now. Is it not? Yeah. Like barren, barren, accidental, accidental. Like if we're just checking in time, like a time card. Yeah. I, was ta- I was talking to Amanda about this. Wait, which kid was I talking to? <laughs> I was talking to Amanda about this, about, you know, when we're doing work where we're just checking in the time card and we're not doing it with a sense of passion or meaning, then it, we, we aren't able to give our very best. And that's just in the work environment. Imagine that how much we're kind of sleepwalking our way through life. Oh. So the problem isn't that we don't think we need to change. It's that we don't have a sense of urgency to change. Yeah, And I mean, we all know people who have, as we call it, the wake up call. Yes. And reprioritize their life very quickly. Yeah. Right. Because they they have a certain amount of time but, or they think they have but, a certain but amount of time. why do we wait until the wake-up call, like a health crisis or a broken relationship or, you know, failing out of this or that? Like, why do we do that? Like, we just get so busy with the incidental aspects of life that we don't do what's the fruit-bearing part of it. So yeah, until we I, have this wake-up call. I think there's two things that I can think of yeah. going on, for me anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm just speaking for myself here. But it feels like... It feels so draining sometimes mm. to think about change. Think about it. Yeah. And it takes effort and yeah. it takes like habitual 
choices, not accidental choices. It can never be accidental. Right. That's number one. The other thing, too, is that I think, like, I go numb to it at Mm. times, where I just numb out because maybe I feel defeated, maybe I feel discouraged, maybe I feel, well, what's the point? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Especially when... You know, if I have to put all this energy into just even thinking about intentionality, mm-hmm. like what's left over to be intentional? Right. But then it goes back to uh, what we've talked about with um, introspection and rumination yes. yeah. is that we out- overthink things uh, as opposed to like making small, simple changes that lead us in a direction. And you know this, like if you're going to change your body weight or uh, health, it's incremental, small steps, but it's that intentionality. And like doing that before we have a health crisis makes perfect sense. Or uh, I'm going to work on my relationship with my husband. Like we're going to go on dates. We're going to actually talk to each other. We're going to, if we have some conflict we can't resolve, we're going to go and get help before everything blows up. Like it's that little steps, but kind of keeping an eye on the health of the things in our life. It's almost like, you know, avoiding the wake-up call on the horizon Mm. by doing these things now. Yeah. Like, what am I going to wait for? Like, the wake-up call before I do X, Y, Z? Yeah, and the wake-up call might be too late. Exactly. And I would say for me as a heart-centered type is it is paying attention to my feelings about something, uh, my passions, my heart, what do I need? What am I longing for? Which I've ignored for so many years because I was wrongly taught that that's not good, that it has to be practical right. and spiritually whatever, like right. all the things that... So, And as someone in the gut center, yeah. my gut pushes me to action, but on the wrong things. Right. Maybe more of a protective response. Well, and just a... A doing. A doing. A doing rather than an intentional Mm. way of moving forward in my life to bear fruit. Right. I'm kind of busy thinking I'm doing stuff. Right. (laughs) You know, that that matters and it really doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about sort of the big ones like health and relationships, but like in our daily stuff, like I should really get that noise in my engine checked out. Right. Uh, Right. Um, I, I should really call that networking contact that I was given. You know, I should really look at that job application, like just small things. Yeah. It's like, what's going to move the needle forward a little bit for me in my life? Yeah. And I like what she said about at right angles. Mm -hmm. Like, do you have that quote again? Yeah. She said something about the right angle, which is such a good visual for me. Right. God never stops offering you a way of life that runs at a right angle from the one you are living. Oh, so there's a great visual. I mean, just sketch out a little diagram and then put a right angle to it. Right. And label it. Right. And also, if you are a person of faith, it's believing that God is opening the door of that right angle. And often, see, this is the challenging part. Sometimes that right angle comes at a cost or there's some pain associated with it or it just feels so impossible and difficult and whatever it might be. But we've talked about before is like, we don't know what we don't know. And the willingness to have open-hearted, open-minded curiosity to experiment. And that's my philosophy that I've been starting to try to live into is that I'm going to try knocking on some... Okay, I'll give you an example. Okay. Oh, I love examples. (laughs) 
I've been having this idea for the longest time for a reality TV show. Oh, okay. I know you have. I know. <laughs> this dating show, because every single time I watch anything on TV, I want to shout at the people on there because they're doing such foolish things. I know. And they're picking the wrong person and, for they all the are. reasons. And there's no expert guidance. So I'm thought, thought, like, what if we did this thing where there's all of this support with, and I know there's shows like that. Anyway, I won't go into my concept because it's like, it's the, in the vault now. It's, it's in, in the, the vault. vault. But I was like, eh, what the heck? So I reached out to somebody I know who, the next thing you know, I'm having a conversation with a Hollywood producer. What? I know. This is the, and I'm having this great conversation. He was very, very lovely, super helpful. And he gave me a reality check of what it would take. And all I want to do, like, I don't want to make money in this idea. I just want to present it to somebody to like, here's an idea. Do you want to do it? And he told me all that was involved with it. Right. But again, so... It, so now you know. So now I know. And I may have and another just, conversation. And You just talked to a Hollywood producer. Oh, my friend Mary just talked to a Hollywood <laughs> producer. I don't think I can hang out with you right now. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, so anyway, I digress. But again... I'm starting to learn to pay attention to that, and I will knock on some doors, but I'm not going to force it open. That's the other thing, too, because this right angle that God is offering, if it's not the right angle that he's offering me, it becomes pretty evident if I'm having to use my own personal force to push it open right, or to keep it open, right? Anyway. Oh, okay. I'm still thinking about the Hollywood. <laughs> you know me. I love writing out a good script and storyline. I know. Thinking of the actors are going to play the part. Yes. So can we go? Can I go on location with you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh no, you were you're totally part of this Ooh, whole thing. You didn't know that. Didn't know that. You're going to be one of the life coaches that I'm. We're okay. it's a whole team. So in the the uh, spirit of transparency and yeah. vulnerability. So I want to get to what's called a master coach. Um, certification. Yeah. Right. Which, you know, like, quite frankly, people, you can get a life coaching certification for $7 on the Google. I know. <laughs> which is very, very scary because I know people that have done that. Um, but anyway, so I go on, do this research. And it was one of those things, you know, on my list of goals. And so I started talking to people who were already do at that stage yeah. and doing that, yeah. reached out to this woman and she said, yeah, like, this is what it took. This is the course I took, uh, gave me the course name um, of a place down in San Diego. And oh, I, I'll go. I you. looked, I looked it all up Yeah, and I uh, put my visa card down on the table the other day, Good for even in light you. of the U.S. exchange rates. Yes. Well, and then I got a little message on my phone that said, um, you may have noticed a significant um, impact on your visa card. And I went, oh, yes, I did. <laughs> but, hey, hey, I can't wait for the interest rates to exactly. go down. I mean, not the interest rates, the exchange, exchange rate, rate to go down. You to just got to do it. Good do for it. you. See, what a great example. And San Diego's not far from Hollywood, so let's do the whole thing I'm again. doing it all virtually. Anyways, oh, okay. We really seriously digress. I, okay, so the thing about <laughs> making changes is we like I said we know we need to make changes very few of us are blind to the fact that yeah we should do this or that it's that we lack urgency to make those changes and unfortunately the consequences of our poor choices or our less than wise choices can sometimes take years before you see the fruit of it both in good and bad by the way in meantime like what is the cost of those years mm -hmm. in the waste of it. Yeah. And then there does come a time uh, where it can be irreversible. Yes. You can lose that relationship. You can get some chronic illness. I mean, there's all of those things. 
Um, anyway, uh, I love Henry. You and I, we love Henry Cloud, and he talks about the three ways to change. Okay. Or as he puts it, put a stop to toxic behavior. That's a good way of labeling it, man. Ooh. That our inaction or our unwise choices that's leading to negative outcomes is actually toxic behavior. You know, and I, I want to that that hurts my solar plexus because yeah. often when we talk about toxic behavior, we're pointing the exactly. finger at someone else yes. and calling out their toxic traits and behaviors. Mm. And so again, we can see it in the others, mm-hmm. but let's get real. And that self-awareness piece is being able to go, how am I being toxic to myself? That's exactly it. What poison am I choosing to drink? That's right. Because we are the ones too. I mean, it is true that others can bear the negative consequences of our choices, but we are also bearing it too. So like, yes. how much is this costing us to stay in this place that we're not taking this right angle? Ugh. I know. So he says these three things, which I think is really great, which is what we just said. Number one, we must acknowledge the negative consequences of not taking action and use that as motivation to inspire urgency. And I would add that that lack of taking action, if we can see that lack of taking action as actually toxic for us, because we often see toxicity as bad behavior right. or bad things I do. But right. what about the things I don't do? And the things I could do. And the things I could do. Yeah. Oh. So all of that, we have to acknowledge that my choosing not to exercise, my choosing not to do this or that, is going to have negative consequences. So let's start with that. And then the second thing is to stop making excuses and project into the future. That means visualizing ourselves having the same discussions and experiences in one month, six months, one year, two years, or even five years from now. Like, imagine five years from now if we're having the same conversation about... Oh, shoot me. Right. I always... Sorry, folks. I do say that to Mary all the time. Yeah. And I don't actually shoot her. She has a Nerf gun. (laughs) (laughs) A Nerf gun, exactly. So, like, this whole thing about projecting into the future. So, like, if I'm stuck and I'm willing to let this play out into my future and I'm still having the same conversation and I haven't started the exercise program, how much weight have I gained since then? How much, uh, you know, like, have I developed diabetes? Have I developed other things? Like, like play it out. Whatever. I could just wear a T-shirt, so... I chose this, <laughs> you know. Oh, I chose this extra five pounds. I chose this, and then oh. the, and then the last point he says, which I think is obviously really key, <clears throat> is set a deadline for ourselves to execute the change we want to make. And he says high performers around the world know that a sense of urgency is necessary for any performance or any change to happen. You have to have a deadline. Now, it doesn't mean it's a rigid deadline. Right. Because life happens and there's things that happen. But you get, again, you got to watch point two. Are you making excuses if that deadline keeps getting pushed out more and more and more? Yes. And this is not about making a huge change. It's about making incremental changes. So like if you think about a goal long term, what's the the small changes that you can make, like create a chart of yeah. all these different steps. And if you don't know what they are, there are plenty of experts who will help you lay out a plan yes. for whatever your goal is to change in your life, whether it's financial, whether it's career, whether it's health, relationships, just personal growth, education, like yeah. you're going and getting more um, education for certification, any dreams or goals that we have, like people will often say to me, and Amanda is wired the same way, like my daughter, by the time this plays, 
this this episode, she'll have gone, already done her play between a walk and a hot pot. And I am like beyond proud of her because here she is in her mid twenties and she already has her own play out. That's it's amazing. It's just I've been telling everybody about it. Yeah, thank you so much. And she doesn't realize how she how how much of a unicorn she is. That you do realize that you are part of a very small, rare number of people. Well, ever since she was a kid, she didn't ever let rejection hold her back. She would go out, get up and try again. It's and amazing. She would reach out to people out that she life. doesn't know oh. and ask to have a conversation yeah. with them. She networked. And so it was all that to say is it's not accidental. She's not lucky. She's right. actually been intentional about steps that she's taken to help her move to this place. And I think that's such a key thing, too. I mean, Amanda's living it in her, you know, her early to mid-20s. She's owning that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think of people um, who have reached goals and people will think it was an overnight sensation. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, the first thing they'll say is, this was like decades in the making. Exactly. Yeah. Not overnight. Mm-hmm. And again, and you have setbacks too. Like, of course, it's not this like perfect line forward all the time. No. And but every time there's a setback, if we can pause to say, what can I learn from this? And what I can think, I adjust in yeah. my plan? And I think going into a goal, um, we've got. I mean, so many episodes are talking about habit building mm-hmm. and you know um, reframing things and you know retraining your brain to how you think. Yeah. But I think too that. Understand that there will be obstacles. Mm-hmm. You are going to hit rejection. Yeah, yeah. Amanda is going to knock on a door and get rejected. Mm-hmm. Does that shut her down from knocking on the next door? Right. No, of right. course not. Yeah. Way to go, Amanda. Like, so yeah. proud of her. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the thing is that recognizing that, yes, of course, there's, I wouldn't say luck, but there's, uh, you know, opportunities that are almost coincidental, accidental, but it's what you make of it. And True. it's being in the position to even notice those possible opportunities, right? Yes, Miss Hollywood. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so we know we don't have full control over the outcomes or any control over the outcomes, barely. But I can tell you, not acting is guaranteed to fail in reaching our outcomes. True that. Right? So get moving and adjust the plan along the way as your situation may change. And hold on to the truth that time really does run out. Yes, it does. And and that whole idea of, you know, when Jesus says, give it a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Jesus were to talk to you and say, give it a that year. thing that you want, yeah. give it a year. Yeah. Like cultivate it, fertilize it, tend to it, mm-hmm. nurture it along. Yeah. What you see right now is dead. Yeah. Or you think it's dead. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's dormant. Yeah. It needs care and love and attention. Mm-hmm. Give that thing that yeah. you want, that mm-hmm. you wish for, that relationship, whatever it might be, a year. Yeah. Oh. But in the meantime, yeah. this is kind of what you got to do. You got to take action. So I have a few um, steps. Okay. Number one, okay, pick a goal. Just pick a goal. And then tell someone for accountability. So don't keep it all private. No. And maybe, are we going to model that? Oh, no. <laughs> Pick one goal and tell us, tell the whole world. <gasps> you go first. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to be more intentional about um, writing. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, I'm working on a, a project right now. Good. So I, okay. I'm going to be more intentional about that. And All right. By the end of the year, we'll hopefully have more written than I don't. 
Okay. And I'm going to hang my dirty laundry out there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to purge my house. Okay. How many times have I said this? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was done. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Part of the purging of your house is you can't bring in new things. Uh, (laughs) You have to like purge out and then not bring anything new in. Okay. You know what I mean? No, but I'm... I'm Is there a specific goal of how much purging? Like you can be done? The whole house okay. needs to be purged. I mean, papers and all yes. that stuff. It's okay. just like nobody likes to go through old papers looking for that thing that you might need for your taxes. Yeah. Okay. Ugh. I know. I hate that. But you just toss it all. I got to do it. Okay. So number one was pick something, which we just did until we told the world <laughs> for accountability. 66 countries are <laughs> now looking in my garage. <laughs> and then number two, put together a plan with some steps and timelines. So this is the part. So uh, I'm going to start to schedule writing time into my calendar. I'll schedule my purge days. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to try to set goals for myself along the way of how much I'll have written each time. Oh, that's a good one. Now, the thing with creative work versus task work is that you can't say I'm going to write five pages because then it could be crap. I'm going to give myself permission because I want to feel good about what I write because this is a real close to heart writing project I'm, I'm working on. Right. Uh, but I have to at least be putting myself in the space where I'm thinking about it and I'm putting some words to paper. And so, but I, I do want to see that there's progress. So I'll have to think about that some more. Okay. So, I mean, you look at our goals. Yeah. Mary's goal is seemingly a very lofty goal. <laughs> <laughs> mine is just getting rid of my stuff. I don't know. Yours sounds like mine is actually like, mine Hard is work. actually like, um, soul cleansing. It is. Like uh, getting, you know, it is. It's kind I of like, like that. Clutter and stuff, yeah. it just weighs you down. Yeah, I like so that. So I'm, I'm looking for not just the physical yeah. clearance, but the emotional and psychological stuff. Oh, I love stuff. it. Yeah. Oh. See, that's really meaningful, right? Oh, there. I know. Okay, so number three, identify your usual excuses and give someone accountability to call you on those excuses. Like how tired, stressed, busy, et cetera. Oh, it's raining today. I can't do anything. <laughs> and then number three, identify the people who may be in the way of you achieving these goals. My husband. What codependent <laughs> patterns allow them to have the power over you to stop you from moving? Silence. <laughs> <laughs> now, sometimes the rea- there are realities you can't change. Like maybe you're taking care of an ill parent. True. So you might have to change or adapt your goal, but you have to make sure that you really can't change it, that reality, because you got to get really honest with yourself. Are you using it as an excuse that it's not that you can't, but that you won't because some fear, a false sense of responsibility, feeling of failure, codependent relationships, et right. cetera. So can't and won't are very, very different. Yeah. And maybe that's one thing you need to say to yourself Yeah, is I can't do this or I am choosing to not do it because I won't do it. Well, I think that that Ooh. might be the accountability too, is that every time you feel like you hit a, a block Talk to your accountability person. And and if the word can't comes out of your mouth, give that person permission to kind of challenge the can't. Right. And kind of ask clarifying questions to see whether it really is a can't. Or even within the can't, how much do you have control over? Right? Yes. And then number five, set deadlines for when you will execute the steps. And number six, get moving. Okay. I'm moving now. I've got got a closet to take care of. (laughs) But I'm just going to end with a quote from Barbara Brown Taylor which I think is beautiful. I am convinced that the longing to bear fruit, to live lives that matter, is embedded in us as deeply as a longing to eat, sleep, love, and be loved. 
The problem is that such lives don't happen automatically. They require a certain alertness to the way things really are, both in us and in the world, a certain willingness to make choices we would not make if we thought time would never run out. Oh, wow. Isn't that great? So can yes. we commit to living life more intentionally with a sense of urgency as if time were truly running out? Wow, wow. that's that is the question. Right there. That is worth like writing and putting on your mirror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All wow. right. So thanks for tuning in. And I hope that this episode has been helpful and uh, a little bit of solar plexus digging yeah. happening, but I think it's good for us. It is good for us. And we'll kind of like probably keep you tracking on Jillian's purging in my writing. <laughs> I, but I will be honest, I probably won't take before and after pictures. Okay, well, some, I, I, you I, can do after. True. There you go. Okay. All right, looking forward to it. All right, take care, take everyone. Care. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.